Hello and welcome to Gifts of the Weird. I'm Jan Tiered, your host, and today I am thrilled to have with me as my guest, Walter Frerson. And Walter is the author of the Wooden Bone Gate Runic Tarot Guidebook. And I'm just thrilled to be able to chat with him about this deck because this is a really beautiful and awesome deck. So Walter is a pagan, a lifelong student, and, a, and the recent author of the Wooden Bone Gay Runic Oracle Guidebook. <laughs> he has over 20 years experience reading tarot and about 10 years studying rune casting, all self-taught through, the, through published material with a great influence from Freya Aswin. He's proudly queer, South Florida born, and currently residing in New York City. He's an educator by day and a mystic by night. Walter provided insight and development for the the Gay Runic Oracle, uh, and was invited to do this with by the creator, St. Jinx. Walter, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is so cool because uh, I'm really thrilled that uh, this deck came out and the artwork was created because my husband was has been following St. Jinx for a while. And when St. Jinx started producing the artwork for Arcana Gay Tarot, He's a tarot reader himself. He's been doing it for over 35 years. And he just kept showing me this artwork. And I was like, wow, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. And then finally got the deck out. And I think he might have even sent St. Jinx a note and said, hey, are you ever, have you ever thought about doing rune work or stuff? And then lo and behold, some artwork started showing up. I'm not saying that he inspired St. Jinx, but it was just kind of cool because I'm a runester. I use runes. I've been using runes also for about 10 or maybe a little bit more years. And my husband's always asking me like, oh, hey, did you see this? Did you see that? So it was really cool. And he started uh, sharing the artwork with me. And I was amazed with it since the first ones I started seeing. Yeah, it's. Um, I think we had a very similar reaction. I, I stumbled upon St. Jinx on, uh, I think it was Tumblr or something of the sort. And I was just mesmerized. And when I saw the connection with tarot as a tarot reader, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, this is exactly what we've been missing. Or or at least to the point that it celebrated, you know, the, the gay male community and the divine masculine. Um, I mean, mind you, there have been a lot of decks that have been produced, but they were so censored or they were just so mundane, you know, like heteronormative that I, I was like, you know, where, there's something, an element that's missing here. Um, it doesn't seem as free. So mm-hmm. seeing his artwork and how it involved, you know, the divine masculine and this, you know, fantasy realm of sorts and yet tied to tarot, I was like, this is it. And I, I messaged him and, and uh, St. Jenks and we started conversing about, you know, a lot of the work and we ended up developing a, a friendship. Um, and so, yeah, I was even surprised when he just put out that, uh, you know, rune image. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, I mean, I'm thinking about putting this together. And I said, this is genius. I'm like, I am so down with this. Um, so, you know, he, he kept on producing the work. And there were times in conversation we would chat about other random things. But then he would say something like, you know, I'm kind of stuck in this part. You know, what do you know about this? And that's how our friendship kind of grew even further in terms of, you know, looking at sources and looking at advice. Because I told him, I said, well, listen, I've you know been reading on so many different sources, the, both the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, you know, as to what to use and what to refer to. So I did inspire the bibliography piece. And I kept on saying, we have to put that in there because you can't just go forward with this work or you, you know, and, and not give credit to where credit is due. Um, so that's how pretty much the connection um, to him and I grew. 
And uh, to the point that then he asked, he goes, listen, do you want to do a guidebook for me? And I said, sure. So and that's pretty much where where it's gone. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be part of this. <laughs> you must have been kind of floored when he said, do you want to help me with the guidebook? Uh, because that's just so uh, what an honor to be able to, to create a guidebook for such a beautiful deck and such a... Absolutely. And I've never written or published an actual piece before. I mean, I've I've always, I mean, my own worst critic. So I've, my writing, I've always been very critical of it, even though I've been praised, you know, by teachers and friends and so on. And, um, I never really thought about it. And I, you know, but being an educator, you know, by day, it was almost kind of like second nature. And I said, you know, let me, let me take a stab at it. And the opportunity was there. He gave it to me. And, and I, I was so grateful. I mean, I, I, he probably could tell you that I, I couldn't have thanked him enough <laughs> for giving me the opportunity to write this write this book and the outcome is just gorgeous i love it it really is and and i so you you, you mentioned that some of the at some times he kind of perhaps got a little stuck on what kind what to represent in the artwork with the runes does saint jinx work with runes or was he kind of going from a different uh, resource of some sort and then the relationship with you grew once you found he found out that you actually knew runes that it would be able to help kind of expand on how he represented the rune and some of the the layers of the rune meanings that were available. Right. There, that's a very good question because um, I think that's how our conversation started. Um, I have a very, I don't want to call it traditionalist point of view, but the, being the fact that I've looked at so many resources and I look at the Elder Futhark in particular, I have a certain pattern that I tend to just follow because that's what makes the reading a little easier once you study it. Um, but you know, knowing that he was looking at a, at a source, which it's funny, I didn't even I had to keep on prying to ask him, which, what are you looking at? And he was like, oh, I don't remember, or oh, I forgot the title, um, artist, right? So <laughs> thinking about their work, not others. But uh, essentially, you know, he was getting a certain interpretation from his source and also what he wanted to do creatively, because it is also breaking, you know, a normative um, yeah. that's there in, into the queer community. So he would put certain images and I would be like, huh, I'm like, that's interesting. And it would push me to start thinking and start saying, okay, so if we have a room that represents, you know, X, and I'm like, how does this match up with that? What is it trying to tell me? Where does it, you know, where does it meet? So, you know, it had to kind of make sense. And, um, you know, some of it was challenging because he did take, you know, quite a bit of creative license and move out of what typically you would see for a, a room. So, for example, um, Barkana. You know, for me, it's a very feminine, you know, female-oriented rune. Yes. Um, and when he, you know, picked out, it, you know, we were discussing the development of that card. I, you know, was saying, I, this is going to be interesting because how are you going to translate this in a queer male, you know, gay man imagery? Um, so, you know, when I saw the card, which to me is probably one of the most, I think it's one of the funniest cards, and and one of the most like, whoa. <laughs> Um, when you see it, it's like, ah, I'm like, okay. So, you know, and if you're having to do with birthing, which, you know, it's, it's another, tra you know, it's kind of like a tricky space in terms of, of, of men, um, without being the typical father figure type, you know, yeah. this imagery in the gay male community was like, you know, it took on a different meaning in terms of what is to offer, you know, pleasure and, you know, the body as a gift or as a connection to a relationship to, so it took a different, different form. That's a really good example because that is a, I think it would be the, probably one of the most challenging of the cards to, to represent and depict 
using mm-hmm. game uh, imagery and icon- uh, iconography. So, and there is a difference when you see the card in the safe for work and then the not safe for work, it takes on a even more clear meaning when you see the, the other version. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, 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 there's some that, that did come up as well. When I would see both versions, I was like, Oh wow. Okay. So this context kind of really shifts things further. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's uh, again, it was, it was a very challenge. It was challenging as a writer to, to, kind of see how that that moves and actually i think that came up in their conversation in the development of the guidebook where i said do you think you know i need to develop a different version for the uncensored version of the deck and he was like no i said he was like i i think jinx was like i think that that's just going to be you know then it's going to look like two different things and i don't want it to do that i mean it should it should still represent the you know the concept it should be shared throughout i mean if anything it should push the meaning further than what let's say the censored card has mm-hmm. um so i'm like okay and um you know so we kind of kept it simple i think just for our own sanity um but also to you know make sure that we kept a, a cohesive uh, pro- uh, thought to the whole entire development yeah that sounds very wise <laughs> yeah because <laughs> <laughs> that would have d- d- practically doubled your work for you as a writer because now you have to take all of the, the the other sets of cards and then just kind of try to add those other layers in. So I think it's really nice that uh, let the artwork speak for itself and then take the the person through that journey to find those those new new layers. Right, right. Absolutely. And just so that people aren't concerned, what we're talking about is uh, there's two versions of the Wood and Bone Gay Runic Oracle. And there's one that is a quote unquote safe for work uh, and that would be also very <laughs> depends on what work you're at as to how safe it is. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some some workplaces may not appreciate even the safer work version. But then there's also the uh, uncensored version, which depicts a, a more graphic images, which are very very well done. Actually, I mean, it, it's not distasteful. Uh, it's really a beautiful beautiful artwork showing the relationships between uh, queer men. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's. It is what it is in terms of, you know, what the uncensored artwork is. I mean, you have, you know, solo male nudity and you have, you know, gay intercourse. I mean, because that's the reality of our community. Um, if we can't express ourselves as sexual creatures, I mean, then are we actually human? So, you know, it can't be just one-sided. I think that things have to shift. Whether, you know, gay or not or so on, you know, we exist with the organs that we have. So... I think to hide that is, is, is at least in terms of a work like this, is just denying our humanity. The the artwork is just beautiful on both decks. I mean, it's basically the same image. It's just the sensor the sensory sensorizing of it has been removed, and it's just a really um, a, a really takes it to a new level. It's great, really nice. Well, that's why it was called. Uh, what did he call the uncensored version? Unleashed. The unleashed, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is which is which is a great way to do that. Uh, I like that. Yeah, a lot. It's setting setting it free. <laughs> yeah, so th- that's great uh, that you were able to be a part of that, and you were so part of it so early on in the in the discussion. So that's great. Now, of course, the deck itself did not come without its form of of troll trolling. Uh, he would release some of the images on his Facebook page. And man, I just saw some really ugly comments. And I'm really disappointed that people, if it's not for you, it's not for you. That's fine. Scroll on by. But I don't see why people have to feel the the need to share such ugliness about such a, about something, and especially something that's done with so much love and, and care. 
about the the project? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't. I wasn't even aware of that. Um, oh. In terms of, uh, I don't even know actually. Saint Jenks had a Facebook page. I know that he he. I've actually asked him. I think in the past, and he said he avoids Facebook or that he didn't have an account. I'm not quite sure. So I don't know if maybe that was someone else that posted it, or or if it is indeed his, or maybe that's what kind of turned him off to begin with, because it was quite a few years ago, I think, at this point. But um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, in terms of, of the work, I mean, this is not your, what you would consider a typical runic, you know, divination tool, at least in the format that we are used to. I mean, it, it's always been put out in forms of stones or car or, or you know, wood chip and just having the symbol. Um, and whenever it did take card form, it would just be, again, the pattern it, or maybe at most a painting that, you know, goes along with, with the meaning of the rune. But there's also so many pieces to rune magic and rune lore and just northern heathenry that you know ties into racist thought and you know skin color and that is something that you know this deck in particular is breaking just that train of thought because there are many races represented many cultures represented just following the very runic pattern and the meaning so you know it's it's meant to destroy those concepts that you know yeah that the hatred that you're going to get out there is going to it's going to exist i mean that's just what kind of keeps the world in balance unfortunately you have to have it exist but you know it's it's just that that's something that we're not going to pay attention to and we're going to fight against it um so yeah the deck won't be for everyone but it's going to definitely be for someone and hopefully <laughs> they'll find you know the, the positive side to it because you know at the end of the day you can't make everybody happy right so that's right um, if, yeah. if we rule ourselves by that then it's just going to stifle you know, the, the creativity that we've been gifted by the gods. You can't just let, you know, someone, you know, who wants to complain about, you know, let's say, you know, Awas, you know, with the two African-American males, you know, side by side, you know, on the beach, you know, representing a ruin. You're like, you know, you know, that's the, were there black men, you know, back in Norway? Or <laughs> were there black Vikings? Or, you know, and I'm kind of like, well, if I need a reference, you know, the Thor movie, look at Heimdall. So he was black <laughs> and proud, <laughs> yeah. and I'm happy with that. So there should be no reason why, you know, black men, you know, uh, lesbian women, um, you know, transgendered individuals can't use this this deck, you know, to represent, you know, the energy. Because at the end, I think that that's what we want to point it to besides just, you know, the fleshy visuals. So, yeah, that's a that's a good thought. I mean, and that's w- one of the things that I love about the deck is its diversity and its representation of different people and, and the way they interact with one another. And it's really beautiful to see, like, I'm looking at Soella right now, and there's this man with this, this giant grin on his face reaching up to the sun. And you can see all that joy and stuff. He's so good with his, the way that he brings the expressions and the emotions and the things that people are experiencing with one another. I, I call that the Tay Diggs card because uh, it looks like the actor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a there's a couple of cards I look. I'm like, this looks like, and you know, I try not to tell him tell Saint Jinx that, but you know, and he would probably come back with like, well, maybe. So you know, hey, inspiration is out there, so why not? But yeah, the the expression I think of that card that you pulled you pulled out is um, it, it totally covers you know what the representation of Sewolu is and in terms of that joy and that energy. But, you know, just even holding the hand up to, you know, the sun is, is just, you know, man's connection to, you know, humanity's connection to, the, you know, the astral elements and how potent the sun is. Um, so, you you know, even though it enriches our bodies, you know, you can't look at it without, you know, suffering some pain. So it's, it's, it has its, its other side to it. So um, I, I think he captured it brilliantly. 
he he did. He really did capture a lot of that brilliantly. Uh, so one of the in the guidebook, the um, we talk about the purpose of the deck is that it highlights the gay male community, its diversity, and the pleasure and pain experienced through the ebb and flow of love, lust, and energy. And that truly do, does represent what this deck does. And and I like how you said earlier that really anyone can use it. And, and it does represent a lot of ways that people can just connect with runes in a whole different um just shift out of the out of what might trap us into a a way of thinking about runes because of what we've read before or how we kind of get stuck in a rut and this being so different kind of takes it into a place where you explore different aspects of the runes and different ways that you can say oh that's a new way that i mm-hmm. can look at this yeah i totally agree with you on that end it it's I mean, it's in, in the development of this work. I mean, I also am a, a tarot collector and you know oracle collector and so on. So I, I reference a lot of the decks that I've that I've owned. Um, some that are no longer made, and you know that were mass produced. And, and I and it got to a point that I started pulling out when I was getting some questions for certain runes that that Saint Jinx would come up with, and said, you know, what do you think about this? And I said, hmm, let me look at my sources. So I would always say, let me go look at something. Let me go look at something. And there are times I would take pictures, you know, just shots of some of the cards, and I would show it to him. And I said, this is what has currently been put out there. And you could see that it is the same or very similar static image of, you know, I don't know, a lightning bolt or, you know, a Viking ship. And it gets to the point that it gets very, it falls flat. You know, there's no you know, dynamism to, to, to the work. And I said, well, how can we make, take this rune and actually expand it further? Um, and I'll give you an example, Hagalaz. I mean, Hagalaz in itself, um, when, when he presented that and I saw it, I was like, that was one of the cards that pushed me thinking. I said, he's holding, uh, you know, it looks like he's holding a hailstone. And I'm like, um, Hagalaz for me, it's always had like a connotation of yes, the storm and weathering. And it's kind of like the tower card. Yeah. Um, where you and in tarot where, where you know it's meant to destroy so i'm like why is he in an ice bath holding a you know an ice stone <laughs> so i had to really think about that concept and you know saint jinx and i actually got into a conversation about it um and, and again and i think this is what's a great thing about the process so he referenced he said oh well you know in the book that i'm using that i'm referring to it talks about the cosmic egg and i'm like huh okay let me go look at my sources so i started pulling out all my books i have like a quite a Sturdy collection, some that I haven't even gotten to yet, um, <laughs> and I'm trying to identify where this cosmic egg shows up somewhere. Um, not realizing that the source he was referring to, I also have in my library, just haven't gotten to it. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, wow. Once I found out, I started looking at. It, I'm like, okay, so I see what you're saying. So then, at that point, I was able to find other sources that alluded, but didn't quite call it that. So. You know, for me, it was, uh, again, I, I think he, as an artist, pushed me to think as a writer and as also just a practitioner and how to, you know, change the meaning. And it's not so much about control, but it's a matter of, you know, how do you um, deal with, you know, the, 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 the before, the during and the after of, um, you know, possible devastating effect, you know, and, and how does that um translate to our day to day and how, you know, yeah, we have, you know, certain events that happen all of a sudden that, you know, yes, it could be very tragic and very uh, negative and so on, but at the end, what is the outcome that can flourish out of that in a positive light? 
you know, if, if, if we have that capacity to think in those terms, um, which is hard. So, you know, uh, it's something that not everyone has. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that that's, it's moments like those that kind of enrich us as people to make us stronger and allow us to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really rich, uh, about that card particularly. Cause when I first saw the card, I was like, kind of you, I was like, that's interesting. He's holding the stone. What does that mean? And so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah trying to trying to figure that all out and then you know just had to shut off that part of the brain for a minute and then just kind of go into a different state and say how is this changing and that's one of the things that i i love about uh, runes is to not get too trapped by what we think maybe they were some time ago and think that they have to remain that way throughout all eternity Um, even when we study the rune poems we see changes in, in between different cultural groups that used the, or that used runes and worked with runes and then how they expanded, they shrank, they expanded, the, the, the meanings were assigned differently. And mm-hmm. I think runes just reach out and work with people and in whatever era they are with what works with them and what they need and how, how we can best assimilate and learn what those energies represent and how they can go. And so through something like this is really cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I will tell you that um, even during this process, not alluding to what you're, you just mentioned in, in the different forms, I mean, I think that just like anything else, I mean, there's an evolution. And the, you know, the runic alphabet, you know, whether you went elder, younger, Nordic, Icelandic, I mean, you, could, you have so many varieties. I mean, I stick with the elder because I've, I've just found comfort in that. Um, I have looked at the others and I, I just can't wrap my head around it. And one of the books that I, I recently acquired, I, it's, I think it's called the Nordic Book of Runes and it's beautifully designed. I call it the Ikea of, 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 uh, of, of, uh, rune books because it's so like simple and minimalist, but yet it, it covers three different, um, rune sets. And, you know, and I'm kind of like, when I got to that part of, of, I think it was like the Icelandic runes that was, that differed. In design and in meaning and in numbers, I was kind of like, okay, I'm like, I don't know, I gotta, I, I'm trying to see like the relationship and seeing how how it would push my thinking, and then I would just kind of resort back to the elder and be like, all right, so what does this elder say, and how does all this come into play? And I think that you know through the artwork, um, Saint Jake's accomplished that. You know, he he evolved, you know, the meanings from their their I guess standard or traditional, um, and kind of broke that you know, that, that barrier to, to move into a, a new, you know, new realm. Definitely. And elders, my preferred as well. I, I don't know why I'm just, they just resonate the most with me. I feel most comfortable with them. I have tried to work on to some of the other, the Futharks as well. And they just they didn't stick with me as much, but I still reference the meanings because they do overlap and, and kind of connect. But the, the actual system itself, I stick to the 24, the elder Futhark, which works yeah. best for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think the beauty of this is, is that, you know, it, you have, it takes different forms. I mean, this is no different than, you know, a, a, you have your tarot decks, you know, there's your standard 78 cards, you know, major arcana, minor arcana, and then you'll get some artists that will put a theme to it. And all of a sudden, everything takes a completely different meaning. I mean, I, I've actually been, I've been participating in a tarot challenge uh, on Instagram. And um, I think it's probably one of the most fun challenges because it makes me actually look at my collection. And I think one of them talked about a go-to deck. And um, I actually chose a deck that I've had for many years. Um, and it's, it's, it's Afro-Caribbean. 
I mean, it's pretty much at the end is the, that's the theme of the deck, and it has more than seventy eight cards. The way that it's structured is very outside of the tarot, you know, structure, typical tarot structure. Um, so it got to the point that yeah, it came with a massive guidebook and you know so on, but I never used it in that form because I had to rethink how does it, how does this as a tarot deck become more of a kind of an oracle because that's how to me how it worked better mm-hmm. yeah. um so i had to you know whenever i use that deck for reading i do a very very different approach to it and i think that that's um something that you know in terms of a development of something i mean because at the end of the day what do you do saturate the market with like the same you know, runic deck of just like, you know, colorful, colorful background and, you know, just little stick symbols. I mean, it doesn't, I mean, that's, that's great. You know, if, if that's how, what you want to work with, but I mean, in terms of doing something that's different and innovative, you know, like this, you have to take a different approach. Definitely. And yeah, with, and a lot of the rune decks that have come out pretty much are just the rune symbol and there's nothing wrong with those. I have, uh, a rune deck like that that just came out a couple years ago that's very cool because it makes me feel very retro 60s style art mm-hmm. uh, campaign kind of stuff so it's kind of fun with that but some of the other rune decks that have come out in the past basically were just the symbol on a on a on a card and i'm like okay i really don't need another one of those and then there's been a few that have added some artwork to it but most of the times i think I don't know if people just lose inspiration, but it's like sporadic. They they have a card with some art on it that kind of depicts them a one of the layers of the meanings, and then it's just the straight symbol. And then so um, this is one of the first decks, or not first. I mean, this is a very nice deck that modernly produced that actually goes into a lot of that and and takes care for each of the runes to bring out some of the. The, the different layers of p- potential meanings and make you think in different spaces. Yeah, no, totally. It's, it definitely breaks the, like I said, breaks that barrier Yeah, um, of what it is. But, you know, I think once you find a tool that works for you, it's great. I mean, I, I, I like how this, how, how this deck came out in particular, just, you know, breaking those, like I said, breaking the barriers of just visually. Um, I think even also in terms of, of uh, rune meanings, I mean, if, if you take, let's say, what we just referred to, you know, a card with just a symbol or, you know, a, a stone or a wood chip that has a carving on it, I mean, you look at, you know, Gifu or Gebo, however you want to call it upside down, or, you know, you, it looks the same. You'd be like, oh, okay, it still means the same thing. You really can't tell if it's right that up or not. And a card like this, you know, it, it, it does change the meaning um because it kind of functions in, in tarot mind you i don't read reversals in tarot so i'll be very clear about that <laughs> so i actually went back and forth with with saint jinx about you really gonna do reversals he's like well we're gonna call it merc styles and i was like okay so now i just learned a new word and now you're pushing me even further so i had to kind of come up with reversals you know because there's folks that will follow that trend um and, and do use that in practice and that's okay i mean i think that that's the beauty of this work is that you could make it work for you um, I just, I have a firm belief that if something's going to come out negative, it's going to show up. So, yeah. um, that's just me, but you know, in terms of other folks that like to use that system, and I think that it does push you to be a better practitioner, why the heck not? Um, and I think that, you know, in, in terms of this deck, it, it really does kind of give you that perspective that you may not get in a regular, simple set of runes. I'm of the similar uh, practice of not using Merc Stave or reversals for the most part, 
there are times when something will show up and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is definitely telling me to go a different direction because of the, whether it's upside down or not. So, but, uh, but, and, and like you, it's like, Hey, if, if using reversals or Merck stave actually is part and helps you with that so much better than that uh, for that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here, here's, here's a difficult question. Oh, uh, we talked a little bit about this before and I, and I took the challenge up myself. Do you have a favorite card from this deck or kind of close to favorite (laughs) it's hard isn't it i have a few you know what i I think i'm actually gonna pull out my deck right now that came out kind of funny actually but (laughs) um so let me uh let's see here make sure i have 24 and just so that i wasn't gonna put you too much on the spot i took the challenge myself i had and it's it's not easy because there's so much great imagery and not yeah and I don't want to um, say that, oh, this card is better than any others, but there are just a, f- a few that I took out. And I, I really don't have one really, really favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose I, if I push came to shove, you could actually um, push me into selecting one. But I have a few that I that I really, really am fond of because I just love the way they showed up. I, I actually so far have pulled out four cards. Okay. So I'm actually working on... Let me see if there's any more. I mean, there's so many. This is the fifth one. I, like, <laughs> I picked up five already that I really, you know, just just really stand out for me. Um, I, I can kind of like, you know what? Let me simplify things a little bit. No, I'll, I'll stick with these five. I mean, I do have the, I, I will tell you the favorite one that the one I really kind of like, uh, that I really adore. But the, there's, there's typically five that I really, really love. Okay. You, you want me to go ahead? So, yeah, go ahead. And um, then I'll share mine. For me, my favorite, my favorite, I think, out of this group that I just pulled out is uh, Jera. Jera is, is my favorite in terms of just the design because I love, I mean, being a, a born in, in autumn, you know, season. It represents that season. I I love the imagery of, um, you know, the the farmer working, um, preparing, and just you know the the, the light and shadow that's there, and just the face. I, I mean, I, I have a I have a thing for blondes. What can I tell you? <laughs> um, so, but, uh, I, I think that just like the, the way that he's just standing there and working and, and flexing and, and, you know, it, it just, it's really nice. And the hard part is that Fehu is very similar. So that's actually part of that little five that I pulled out. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of them are, are two that I really, really like, um, a lot out of this deck. Yeah. I like, I like on Yura, the, you can even see some of the strain on his face I and mean, he, yeah, St. Jinx did such a good job about attention to so much detail that uh, it actually looks like he's lifting something because of the way that he structures the the arms. And then you can see a l- just that hint of strain on his face. Like, yeah, there's weight here. It's not just a uh, hanging there as if it was a feather or something and it doesn't even reflect. So and that is a very, very good uh very good card yeah absolutely and it goes and it goes it's funny like that expression even i think you just hit the nail on the head i mean it i mean it goes deeper and just the preparation of you know meaning over the year i mean it is the strain of also mental thought so he could be working but he's in his head you know of saying Mm -hmm. do i have enough am i prepared am i well stocked what do i need to do for next year you know i have the elements to contend with i mean there's so many things that are going on even mentally that you know he was able to convey that in, in the artwork yeah yeah definitely 
Yeah. And Fehu is one of my ones that I picked out of the five. Uh, I just found it when I first saw that, I, that might've been the first one he posted. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And it's just so loving and, and adorable and, and commitment there. I mean, he's carrying the calf and it just really shows, you know, the, the typical thing is, oh, cattle, it means cattle. It means wealth, movable wealth, mon- money, monetary stuff. But here, what what I think it's evoking in this is how much care we have to be about our money and our wealth. It's not just that it comes and goes. We have to actually take care of it and nurture it and mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I really, this, that is really a beautiful card. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's funny you, you mentioned that and I'm kind of like, huh, I'm like that, that is true. I mean, the whole movable wealth aspect and just the care you have to take with it. Um, cause it's not like, you know, one of these nasty videos that you see that, you know, that, that they use for promos who, to, to, you know, to stop eating meat, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but I'm here, it's like, it's, you know, whether the calf is being sold or whether it's, you know, going to, to feed, you know, family or so on. Yeah. The care that, that the figure is taking and, and, and bringing, you know, the calf over is, is just, it's true. Yeah. You do have to nurture it. You have to be aware of it. Um, and how you take care of it. Cause otherwise you don't, you can squander it, you know? So what are some of the other cards that you, that you pulled out? I'm going to keep you on that spot. <laughs> so the other, so yeah, so I had, so essentially, the, yeah, the first one was Jera, then Fehu, I think, was which we spoke about. The other um, three cards, I guess, of this little group that I pulled out was Urus, which I love, because mm. there's, a, there's a sinister thing to it. And then, and I have, a, you know, everything that I've read has always been about, you know, the trial of, of young men, you know, to become men. It's kind of like the, the bar mitzvah of, of Nordic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, belief you know in terms of the traditional meaning you know where you had to fight you know you know battle against the aurochs and you know get the horns and so on so i think that you know the fact that this is a, a victorious it's like there's a bit of like this coyish sinister but you know joyful uh representation of the card that i really like you know because it represents you know aside from from the battle it represents you know health um and he's kind of like drinking to his health. I mean, he's in repose, he's holding his sword, he's, but you don't see his eyes. You know, you may not see the wear and tear of, of the aftermath of the battle. Um, he is grinning though. So something good must've happened. Yeah. Um, so I think I like a lot of that, the mystery, I think that's also involved in this card. Um, the other one that I picked was August. August is one of my favorite runes, I'll be honest with you, um, because of his protection, protective nature. So I loved how he um, portrayed August from the perspective of looking from below to the, to the image to the top and kind of seeing like the, the break in the trees and, and how this is a warrior who, you know, kind of crosses that boundary of, of a Celtic God. Um, but yet he's not holding a weapon. His only, you know, tool that he has is a shield. Mm-hmm. So oh, wow. it, yeah, it is a protective element, but it's almost like you're, def- you're, def- you can't be, you can be defensive, but how are you going to be offensive if you have to be? So, you know, it's, I, I think it's a very, I love the, just like the imagery, because again, it kind of brings a lot of questions. It, it provokes a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and my last card is Othala, because it was the last card of the, of the deck. And I just, when he, when, you know, St. Jinx made it, I thought it was so beautiful. So it is a self portrait, more or less. <laughs> um, so I loved, you know, seeing, 
uh, how this evolves. So yeah, I think that that there's like a tender nature of of just uh, of these two, the two figures in the card that I really loved. And I'll, I'll be I'll give you a little insight to this this card in particular. Yeah, he he struggled with the um, the background. He doesn't like drawing backgrounds. Well, really, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little shade his way. But it's true. He'll he'll say it. He'd be like, Yeah, I hate backgrounds. I hate doing backgrounds. So it was tough. And I said, Dude, you have to you know consider the fact that Othala means community, and it's you know, and you're celebrating a relationship and the beauty of that relationship, but what can you contribute to the community aside from the fact you get you you bring in this deck to fruition for a community you know so i said it should take on a bit more of that look so uh i think that that suggestion of, of doing the fjord or the building in the background you know was like fine i'll do it <laughs> um so i was like yay um and it you know it kind of just hit the it kind of hit the mark like it just really was like at that point it was a culmination it was done so, and I think it was literally created a year to the beginning of when he started the work. Oh, that's really cool. That's a great, yeah. great tidbit there. Interesting. It lined, it lined up from when he started, um, from when he started to, I think to when he finished. I mean, it was, it was, it was about then or a little bit more. I think in the book I wrote that it was 13 months that it took us to put it together, but I, I know it took us a while just to, you know, kind of like turn out the, the guidebook. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, mind you, the guidebook did not begin when he started. So I think it was near the ending. That's where we were. I got asked to, you know, to develop the book, and I just cranked it out within like two weeks. Wow! Um, so about two weeks, but you know, then it stalled because I had to wait for him to finish the deck. <laughs> yeah. So if he was releasing cards, I would, you know, of course we would have our conversation, and then I would write something, and, you know, and then and at the end, I think it was more of the the layout because he he designed the layout of the book. So and. I, I was just just over the moon with it, um, just how it kind of came to be and how he added the graphics in there. So it was awesome. I, I loved it. But that took a bit bit of time. I think that was the the end piece before it went to production. Yeah. No. That's uh, it. That that card does evoke that sense of home relationship, community stuff. So it, it really is a <laughs> really is a it's nice. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, it's like I, I love seeing this. It's like I. I see him, I see his partner and who I, I haven't met officially, but you know, I know of him. Um, and, but to me, this card just, you know, just exudes love it you does. Know? and, and how, you know, all you need is love, you know, to, uh, quote the Beatles and so on. So it's, uh, I, I, for me, that's, that's, that I think that's a great note to end and it's, you know, love for one another. It is definitely. Yeah, well, great card. It's one that I had pulled out to just have in front of me while we were talking today, so it's here. Um, so I'm glad that I'm glad that it lined up that way with us as well. Uh, yeah, so a couple of my other favorite cards are I love the Tiwaz card. Ah, uh, uh, okay, yeah. I really, really am drawn to the story of Fenrir and Tyr, and mm-hmm. I just really love that he brought Fenrir and Tyr the. St- the the story here and and just how graphic it is and as far as bringing in those elements and stuff so i i really like the tiwas card mm-hmm. the thurisaz card is really cool too because it just really exudes that strength and power mm-hmm. the motion i think the 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 the, the motion was so, conveyed so beautifully mm-hmm. of uh 
just how uncontrollable the results can be. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it looks very well controlled in, in, in this in this card. But just like you don't know where those lightning bolts are gonna end up. So it's it you could really cause some massive damage to yourself and others. I mean it's it's I love the just the, the movement um that was that, that he drew in there. T1 Charming was a very interesting card because I was I had a certain conception of it. So I, I for me it, it just pushes my thinking. Um, just the fact that, you know, it's like, brother, you're going to lose that hand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that, that wolf is nothing to, you know, to mess with, but the expression is on, on the, on the warrior's face is kind of like, you know, you look so, I can't tell if you're in pain or if you're like concerned about something <laughs> like to me, it's a very concerning look, um, which again, pushes my thinking in terms of, of, mis- of interpreting this card differently and just saying, oh, it's victory. It's you know, going into battle and coming victorious and ensuring that your safety and, you know, it's a bit more than that. I think it's like, are you thinking strategically? Are you, what's in your head? What are you sorting out? Are you planning? You know, you can't just go head first into this, you know, or are you just losing your, you know, are you just thinking about what is this costing me by sacrificing X, whatever it may be? Oh, that's an interesting take, because I, I always view the story of Tyr and Fenrir is that Tyr put his hand there because, and he knew it was never coming back because he knew the gods had no intention of releasing Fenrir, and he was doing it willingly and purposefully. Uh, and mm-hmm. the fact that Fenrir was his friend, I mean, he ever since Fenrir came to the gods, uh, Tyr was the one who was there with him, and... I kind of looked at the face of the warrior there was just like, I'm doing this because I have to, and I need to. And mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I'm willing to do because it's the right thing. And uh, so it's just, it really is a beautiful story, that whole thing. And I, I just, mm-hmm. the, the card just kind of evokes that for me a lot. That's, that's, that's great. I mean, I, um, I wasn't too, too caught up in the, in, in a lot of like mythology. Um, in terms, of, I mean, like I knew of it, but I just didn't, you know, apply it on here because I, I can't think that the story of the gods applies to the client that I'm reading for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can, you, you can allude to it. I think that that's, yeah, you can. I mean, there's, I've done it in a lot of other decks that have a certain pantheon that it follows that I say, oh, well, the story of this god is this and this and this and that, and this relates to you in this form. Um, but yeah, like that for me to, to to make the assumption of the friendship, the sacrifice, and so on, it. It has to take a different meaning. So I think that that's where I would push the reading for the client and say, hey, you know, what's, what are you concerned about? Are you concerned about how much this is going to cost you in the end? So mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's how I interpret it. But that's, you know, that's the beauty of this stuff. Like there's so many different ways that you can really, you know, interpret this rune um, visually by this image rather than, you know, like I said, just looking at the symbol. Indeed. And the question of what the person is bringing to the reading or and what the other runes are around it is kind of kind of help guide what direction you take with the rune mm-hmm. symbols and what the, what the meanings are, and what layer we select or what layer the runes are saying, hey, this is the direction I want you to go in with this because the rune is so varied. And that and like you said, that's one of the beauties of, of the runes. And uh, so, yeah, so that's that. And then uh, I guess my final one is Manas because uh I just love working with Heimdall and I just love the, the imagery on of Manas there with the rainbow in the back. And that's just a really great card. 
I'm gonna give you a little little insight to this. I feel like I'm I'm doing the whole like behind the scenes story. Um, this card went through a re-edit. Oh, was it? By the way, a, yeah. Initially, it was this was this card was done. I think halfway through, um, and I believe it was after we were done. Um, Saint Jinx was like, you know, there's something about this card that I don't know what to do with it. And I said, you know, that uh, something was bothering him. He he was like, I, I don't know what it is, and at least it looks so flat you know um and in our conversation and i forget who brought it up i'll, I'll give ourselves both credit <laughs> so i'm not gonna say it was me but i said well you know in one of the books i think that i was reading or so on it talked about how manaz is connected to heimdall and the rainbow and i said how about what else is connected to heimdall other than the rainbow bridge and he was like oh my gosh so i think at that point it um it came to pass that he was uh, he thought about making that connection to to the rainbow and just changing the background from just a plain gray. And I think if you look on Instagram, you may find the older version that it just looks like a plain gray background. Maybe like it's raining. I'm not quite sure, but it's just plain gray. Again, going with the whole background, the mm-hmm. taste that he has. <laughs> so I just said, listen, you put a nice open field, nothing too crazy, and you put a rainbow back there. It's going to really change. The, the dynamism of this card so you know and he went and changed it and when i saw it, i was like this is it it's perfect it's just perfect so yeah. that's the card that you're saying and and representing community and humankind and mm-hmm. mankind how perfect is it you know with the rainbow as being a, a symbology of part of the queer community uh, yeah that this all that's kind true. of connects that mm-hmm. way uh, beautiful, yeah. It's it really is the intensity on the 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 character's face there. I I haven't quite pinpointed what it's doing to me, but there's something about it that's just like it's staring right at me. It's like kind of like right mm-hmm. off the page and in me. And then uh, the color of the eyes is kind of like golden, and it's just a very piercing and in a good way. And this is all in a good way because I'm like I just feel like a connection. And I love that because community is about connection and Heimdall is about community and connecting. And so it really, it's a really, uh, it's strange because it's, it's not a very active card. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. the man is just um, standing there and crossing his arm sort of, and just kind of staring out. So it's not like the Thor card where you see all of this motion and this sinewed right. muscles and, and, or the, the Yera card where he's, you know, harvesting and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's really an impactful card on its own for a reason for me. So that's that's just a really cool cool thing about this deck is how it speaks to different things and people all, all the with each card. No, absolutely. I, I'll tell you something something about this card in particular, which it's amazing when when certain cards take on different forms. For me, when talking about the the facial expression of, of the of the, the figure in the Manos card, depending on what how I'm reading or who I'm reading it for, whether it's for myself or others, I actually feel the face changes. To me, mm. the face changes. Like, it doesn't stay static. Like, it's almost like there's a communication coming through the face. And sometimes it's like whether my eyes are, are just go straight to the eyes or straight to the mouth or so on. Like, I feel like every time I look at this card, it takes on a different expression. I don't know. Like, right now, it's like he looks a little worried to me, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but he also says there's there's some there's a sternness about it. There's a determination. There's it, it depends. It's like there are times it's like I'll gravitate to a certain feature of the face, and wow. I feel like it changes. 
And it's, there's very few cards that do that for me. I'll be honest with you. Like there are times it's like, I'll look at certain things. It's like, okay, Oh no, you know, da, 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 da. And they, you know, I, I kind of fall into certain patterns, but this one, I'm like, Oh, you're speaking something differently today. So I get that sometimes from this character. Yeah. Yeah. It's Definitely. a great character, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that. I love those stories. Thanks for t- telling that about that because uh, it really does. It's going to add a lot more to how I view the card now, um, knowing the story behind it as well, but uh, and just watching for those different changes as well. Cause I, I think it probably is uh, just the, the effect of what the card is connected to and who it's connected to that it's probably using that as a, a way to really connect us in different levels. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Walter, you, You've worked with Tarot for so long. How did runes come into your life? How what's this connection there? How did that happen? Well, um, so this I'll give you a little background story. I think it started when I was in college. And I'm an only child, so I don't have any siblings. So going away, I, I, I went away to college and I was on my own. I I wasn't out. So I, I, I kind of was avoiding <laughs> dealing with it um for many years, actually. And there was uh, a person who I met back in my hometown. We kind of developed a relationship and he was very knowledgeable and he is still very knowledgeable. I don't keep in contact with him. The things don't end very well. Um, but in any case, I, I will give respect and props to the fact that he did open my eyes to a lot of different um, authors and, and people in the magical community, one being Freya Aswan. So at that time, I ended up picking up her book, um, Northern Mysteries and Magic. And my edition came with a CD of her singing. So he did tell me that that um, that she, you know, sang in a band or was a kind of like a guest singer on a band in a band. And it was all runic chants, um, which at that time I don't know was version of Seder or, or I hope I'm saying it correctly. Um, so I started reading up on it and just listening to it, and I loved it. Like I fell in love with that music. And there was some that was like really scary, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, but it was, and it was a song about a curse. And it was just like the potency in her voice and just what she was putting out there. I was like, whoa. And at that time I was, you know, studying Wicca and I was pretty much getting involved in that. And, um, but Wicca for me was very, at least the way it was presented in a lot of the, the mass market material, it got very kind of like, you know, sugarcoated. And it was always like, you know, very glittery and pretty. And, and it didn't look at, and it acknowledged the balance of, of, you know, positive and negative, but it always shunned itself away from the negative so much that it didn't look at it. And this book kind of shattered that image for me uh, and opened that up just by that song of the curse. I think it's called Nithing from, from, the, from the CD, but there were other, other songs on there that was her just um, singing or, or chanting the runes and reading. Um, the uh the poems um and i I was just astounded but i i had a hard time um i struggled with the runes for a while and and it kind of came in and out of my life since then um you know i kept on going back to tarot i kept on getting challenged by the runes i would stop and then flash flash forward uh many many years later i'm now living in new york city and and all of a sudden i think it was one evening i just got hit by this imagery of rune studies. And I said, I have to go back into this. I have to look into this. Something is calling me that I have to do this. Um, it was around the time that I moved to New York. So I don't know if it was New York has some rune energy hidden underneath underground in the subway system. I don't know, but 
um, something in there inspired me to go back and I, so I started re-listening to her songs, looking at the book, um, looking through my connection, reacquiring a lot of the books because I actually got rid of a lot of what I had. So I started reacquiring it and, and reading through. Um, I ended up going to a shop in Philadelphia. Um, my partner is, it was, was born in Philadelphia. So we went back to visit um, some family and I found a bookstore there that carried a great selection of room books that were not published here in the U.S., but they were actually from Europe or from publishers out there. So I got a nice little collection of books from there, which I loved. And I, and I just started devouring um, a lot of the books um, from one period to another. But I wasn't practicing. I, I really felt like I had to get a grasp and study. And and again, and I, I just as I mentioned before, I read The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. So there were some books I was just like, oh, my gosh, what is this? This is just garbage. It wasn't making any sense. And it was coming up with some really crazy out there stuff. I'm like, eh. Um, I mean, like I've had a copy of, of uh, Thorson's books, and I have a hard time reading his books personally. Um, they're very academic. I think that they're very dry, um, but they're knowledgeable. I mean, if I take it in piecemeal, I'm like, whoa, okay, great, awesome. This is I, I'm getting a lot out of it. Um, what I like about Freya Aswan is just she she puts some humor into a lot of uh, into a lot of what she writes. Um, I don't know if they're intended to be that way or not, but uh, from what I know of her, she seems like a very you know, person full of spirit. Um, and, uh, she's a feminist, you know, by, by on top of everything else, which is a bit of, takes a different twist than what I'm used to. Um, but I really like the way that she presents the material. Um, so that has been a good influence for me. And that's why I resort to a lot of, I think I've mentioned her the most in the bibliography of the wooden bone. Um, I looked at a lot of her sources more than anything else. Um, but yeah, so I think it wasn't until about the time that this around the time that this deck was being developed and I started actually saying, you know what, if I'm going to write a book on runes, I need to start practicing. So it's time that the, I get to it. And I think that I started doing rune casting for myself. I offered St. Jinx a rune casting. I did that. I recorded a video for him to, to kind of think about and see what he thought about it. And he loved it. And um, from then on, I've, I've started kind of putting it into motion. And here I am. So um, I'm actually really interested in looking at, at courses to get something a little bit more official, but you know, I'm on the fence on the whole certification official thing, and and there's there's so many issues with uh, just that in general. Like, you know, do I really need to pay you a thousand dollars to take you know a class going to last me all year to get a piece of paper? I mean, I think at the end of the day, I'm like, I just need to practice. I need to continue studying. There's a lot of good sources out there that I can contribute to small business and, and makers and and authors um, instead of you know going down that route. So, uh, and that's, that's pretty much like where I've been. Wow. That sounds really cool. <laughs> that is a, quite a journey. And that's, I think that parallels a lot of journeys from people that I, uh, that I know of in rooms and it's, it's very similar to mine. I just yeah. like that. It's a little, it's, it's, it's bizarre. I mean, for me, it's, I feel like I did the world tour <laughs> like <laughs> of pagan religion, you know, where I started off with, okay, well, where do I fall? You know? So of course, again, I'm, went down the Celtic route, even though that's not my, my cultural background. Um, and I traveled there to Egypt and I said, how is this going to pan out? Let me try the Egyptian gods for a bit. Let me see what that's like. And I, you know, I would travel with them for a period of time. And then they just, you know, being from South, being born and raised in South Florida uh, with a strong Caribbean, you know, uh, community, eventually it was like, Oh, here you go. Kind of back to, back to your roots. And I ended up in a lot of that you know, being pretty much going forward uh, on a personal note. I mean, this is just aside from everything else involved in a more Afro-Caribbean practice and being initiated through that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's where I landed and they, they have my back. And one of the things that I made sure to ask, I wanted to make sure I was clear on this. I said, 
can I continue working with, you know, with Wicca and with so on, because they don't play well together. So that's one thing I found out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so some of these, some of these different, you know, pantheons are like, uh, don't light a candle for them. And they're in the same room with me, you know, like they, they don't quite like that. Um, but I made sure to ask, I said, can I still do tarot? Can I still do runes? Can I still, you know, look at the stuff? And they were like, I had, I, they gave me permission. They said, you can do that for others and, you know, for your enjoyment because it, it's your education. And that's kind of the message that I got from, from them was, uh, from that, you know, practice was sure. It's cool, but know who you belong to. Oh. So I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're, they're definitely stern. <laughs> So uh, I am talking about the Orishas. So um, they are very ancient and they're very powerful um, to me. And essentially, it's it's something that uh, I have to uh, respect and honor. And I do. I mean, I, I owe them a lot. Um, but yeah, but I that's kind of like the traveling. Talking about traveling. Yeah, exactly. Well, I shift. I shuffled my cards before before we get ready to, to uh, finish at our interview, and I just decided to pull three randomly. And guess which? And here's the three that I pulled. And funny that they should show up: um, Othala, Tiwaz, Manas. Huh. So I think it's just I think it's just telling us to that for uh, for people and in general is to um, stay stay strong in the community and stay close to home with the people that we love and care about. Just kind of as a as a quick thing in my head. Do you have any thing that might speak to you? It's funny. I mean, those three cards were sitting around right on top of my deck. I mean, all, like in that order, literally. Oh, so really? <laughs> that's that's kind of funny. But I mean, it's um, you know what? I think I'll I have them right here. So let me just do. I'll do a very super quick shuffle, and let me see what what comes out on my end. Let's see. All right. So I got Uruz. A was, or A was, and G- and Gabo. Oh, nice, beautiful outcome. I mean, this is finding finding yourself and making sure to just you know keep keep in mind the exchange that occurs um, between us as humans. I, I think, and not that I want to allude to the current climate of things, but I think that this is just when we are able to reconnect or in the absence of connection, that we are still able to do that in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And we can only grow from that. And there's going to be gains and there's going to be losses. I mean, it's just a balance of life, sadly enough, but it's, that it is what it is. So we just got to remember that. Yeah. I, I pulled up Gable to take a look at it, and I love the expression on that guy's face with his... <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> And I will tell you that the model is, um, yeah, he, that's, same thing's got that down. So I, I actually saw a picture and I was kind of like, oh my gosh, he does do that. <laughs> like, what, what a unique way of sticking out your tongue. Yes. Um, and that was a challenge for me when I saw this, I was like, what is this? When I saw that card, I was like, I mean, I knew who it was and I was kind of like, wait a minute, what's going on here? It's like, What's this, what's this coyness? What's this playfulness? Mm-hmm. Um, but it fell into play. It was kind of like, you know, yeah, he's offering you an axe and sticking his tongue out at the same time. He's not trying to make fun of you. It's just kind of like the, I, I think it brings it back to that joyfulness of youth and, and you know, the playfulness of being a child. And, you know, you know, when a kid gives you a gift, 
you know, what, what kind, what, it's not the gift itself. I mean, they could give you a horrific drawing right? <laughs> that you could dread, you know, putting on your fridge. But um, at the end of the day, it's not so much that it's the fact that the energy that they put into the exchange. And I think that that's something that when it comes to like gift giving and people say, Oh, I didn't get you anything. Or, Oh, I feel bad because I didn't get, it's like when you, when you start thinking that way, it kind of devalues just the purity of that, of that exchange. So I think that that card reminds you of that purity um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe you shouldn't say I didn't get you anything. It should be more like, thank you so much. It's so thoughtful. And I adore you for giving me this gift. Yeah. And then you find your way to return it, you know, when you can, not everybody can. So I think it's just a fair reminder. You return it unexpectedly sometime down the road and in a different way. It doesn't have to be uh, the same value or the same type of gift. I, I love when people give time as a gift. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, it, it can come in many different forms. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but you know, the rule from from a lot of my readings and in, in terms of of this rune in particular has always been an exchange needs to happen. So don't you know think that you're going to get away with it. <laughs> we're, we're watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Walter, thanks so much for joining me and talking about this really amazing deck. And I'm going to put the links in the notes to how people can get the deck and any other types of links to like Instagram and all of that kind of stuff. So people know how to find you and St. Jinx and check out more of his amazing art because he's producing all kinds of great stuff all the time. Yeah. And stay tuned. We have, uh, we have, we're cooking. Uh, I like to say, I don't know why I'm lately I'm saying that I we're cooking something, <laughs> um, but we, we have, uh, we have something else that's, that's coming out. It's again, very, very gay, very, uh, it can be very graphic. Um, but it's a very spiritual. I mean, there's, there's, there's that element's always going to be there. Um, but it's going to be very different. So stay tuned. There's more, there's more coming on that. And about what time frame are you looking at kicking that off? So people will know for sure how to kind of, again, uh, um, Six months down the line, like, or I would think so. I mean, it's three quarters of the we're three quarters of the way there. There's talks about taking this this deck of sorts and and creating expansions for it. I don't want it to sound like you know Cards Against Humanity, where it's like a gazillion expansion versions, or you know, like uh, one of those the card games that you got to buy deck, like the know, deck building deck. card. <laughs> yeah, like the deck building. But yeah. Um, so we're, you know, we're toying around with that idea, but um, I'm thinking. I mean, we're like I said, we're probably about you're probably about a good 60% of the way done. So I would think maybe by the end of the year or so. Okay. So yeah, maybe end of the year, beginning of next, it probably will you know, get around to that point. We have started working on the guidebook. So I'm, I'm back on that um, and uh, working and collaborating with, with uh, St. Jinx on it. So, but since we have a bit of creative freedom this time around, it's actually more of a challenge. <laughs> we're not basing it really much on, on a structure. Uh, so we're, we're kind of like really kind of getting, getting creative, which is great. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll keep, I'll keep following you. And then when that comes out, we'll definitely make sure that folks know how to get a hold of it and, uh, and what that's going to entail. So thanks so much for taking the time with me and with our listener. Thank you. For sharing all Absolutely. of this. Thank you to everybody great insight about the rune deck absolutely my pleasure many blessings to everyone thank you so much thank you so much for listening to the podcast please leave positive comments on itunes and other podcast distributors this helps others to find the podcast please send feedback and ideas to gifts of the weird at gmail.com follow the podcast on twitter at weird gifts facebook at gifts of the weird 
and on Instagram at WeirdGifts1. Check out the show notes for links. Thank you, and hail the gods. I wish that I could take it back. Wish that we could start again. Was it wrong to love so fast when all it cost me was a friend? They say pride goes before the fall. Broken hearts upon my wall. Reap the crops that I have sown. Nothing but regrets to call my own.